The IAB presents the Simplify and Inspire podcast. How do we make it simple? Try to stop a lot of the buzzwords. Chance to change the way a whole industry works. For more information, visit iabaustralia.com.au. Welcome to the IAB Simplify and Inspire podcast. Today, I'm joined by David Godfrey from The Trade Desk. David, great to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let's get straight into it. And look, one of the things we're trying to do, as well as take key topics in digital and simplify them and keep them inspiring, is also open up our world and and get a little bit more human. So tell me about you. Where are you from? What's your story? How do you get to be here today? Yeah, yeah. I guess like everyone, it's everyone has that cliche. Oh, I just fell into this, but um, I really did. I, I was. Uh, I'm from Melbourne originally. Um, long story short, I was working for the Rockman family, who founded Seek. How did that come about? Essentially, I'm I'm a big basketball fan, and I was um, doing basketball clinics with Irvin's young son, teaching uh, basketball at his at his school, and um, just sort of finished university and mentioned, as everyone is, just looking for a job. You know, and um, they mentioned, uh, yeah, that who they were, and they mentioned uh, they had a little startup called Kidspot, which was in Melbourne. So I went there as a, I guess, um, campaign manager or trafficker, um, like everyone, um, everyone does, and learned the ropes and used facilitate digital, and then migrated to DoubleClick for Publishers and launched their display offering. Later, they were acquired by News Corp, of course. And then I went on to Adconian in Melbourne for a couple of years, and then moved with Adconian to London. Right, uh, great fun. And- what were you doing in London? I was the ad ops director for Adconian UK. So what would an ad ops director be doing in, in London besides going out drinking? Yeah, yeah, a fair bit of that, um, which, was, which was pretty fun. But um, yeah, so essentially it was an exciting time to go over there because there was sort of a migration from a traditional ad network to the programmatic space and um, using different platforms. Part of my job was um, essentially like all ad ops team to deliver the advertising campaigns, but a big part of it too was managing that transition from, I guess, media team sending publisher tags and booking directly with publishers to using at the time of ZapNexus and the Trade Desk, um, use a bit of DBM and then TubeMogul and AdUp TV as well. well as, as you were there and, and we were in previous podcasts also talking about reminding the industry that this is not a static picture. It's an incredibly fast moving, fast changing journey. So at that time, doing the ad ops director role, what were the changes you were seeing in terms of new technologies and new platforms? And, and how did that change your world and the job and what you were doing? Yeah, like it, it was it was amazing because we had all of this, I guess, access to all of this inventory. Um, at the time, it was a lot of display inventory, some, some video. Mobile was very nascent. There wasn't a lot of mobile specific. Um, so it was very much um, transitioning from where you would just, I guess, book on a fixed CPM to this dynamic pricing of inventory. And with that, actually optimizing and trading on campaigns, which, which you know, as a, as a ad ops person, initially it was all at an ad network. It was about optimizing as much as you could, but you didn't have as many levers to pull. So then you had all these platforms where you could obviously bid, um, use different data and things like that. So it was a really uh, exciting time to be part of that transition. And again, just for those that might be listening who are getting into some of this for the for the first time, when you first got into those sorts of roles, you talk about levers to pull. At that time, what sort of levers did you have compared to the levers that you have now? What's changed? What did it look like then? What does it look like now? 
Yeah, and I think it's about the the knowledge you gain as well and um, how much you learn as you go by using these platforms. I think at the time it was very much migrating across and just having the ability to choose inventory. So it might just be literally targeting certain inventory, not targeting some, moving budgets around, and then it's gradually progressed to where you obviously you can bid on all sorts of vectors um, up and down, um, really value each impression, um, use data as well, so really find that audience. So targeting, talk to us about the sort of things that in those days you were targeting on. What was it? Was it demographics or? Yeah. So so initially uh, as an ad network, I remember um, it was a really big deal to be able to offer retargeting. That was like an amazing, we sold it almost as a standalone kind of offering as an ad network. And then going over and starting to use um, the trade desk and AppNexus, et cetera, you had all these third-party data providers growing quite quite large in in the UK, be a, a grape shot and, and Experian, et cetera. So you, you started to use very broad third-party data also to overlay. It was still quite early, but it was exciting to actually have options. What sort of, I think one of the myths or, or one of the topics I'm trying to, to unpack, is we all talk about data and it's one of those words that means everything and nothing. And so I'm really keen to try and understand as platforms like the Trade Desk and AppNexus came into being, what sort of data points? What were the new data points that you were bringing into the industry? Yeah, I mean, uh, over there, it was very much, um, it was depending on who you were using, a Peer 39 or a Grape Shot, it was leveraging their different technology, be it scraping pages for keywords. Um, then it was broad age and demos and things like that. Obviously, as we've progressed, there's been a lot more cross-device and cross-channel data, which is even more interesting. Um, we've got partnerships with, with TapAd and, and Drawbridge and things like that. So, Who are they and what do they do? So they're essentially, uh, I guess, cross-device um, partners that are integrated with the trade desk. So you can use them for attribution. So all of those, I guess, the biggest... Obviously, one of the bigger challenges is um, the proliferation of devices and being able to track that same user and performance across different channels and devices. So partnering with those type of um, companies has allowed us to just look at attribution. So where you may not have the last cookie on that user, maybe they've converted from an app environment using their technology where you may not have the cookie on those mobile devices, but those technologies are telling you that is the same user. Got it. And I'm conscious that we, we'd got to you playing the adopt director role in London. So let's pick up from there. What happened after that? Trade Desk was um, a platform that we started to use more and more in London. And um, with that, I felt like it was the, the best platform. Of course, I'm going to say that I work that now, but I, re- I really do feel like it was the best platform out there. So I, that sort of sparked my interest to potentially look at, I could see where the industry had already moved into this sort of programmatic space. The people at the trade desk really impressed me. We had Jeff Green, um, Rob Perdue, so our, our founder, our CEO, Rob Perdue, in our office at Adconi in London. So I was really impressed with, like, I guess, the humbleness of the leadership of the trade desk as well. So leaving London, coming back to Australia, the trade desk was definitely number one on my kind of list of companies I was looking to work for. Right. So the trade desk, tell us about who you are and what you do. But imagine you're not talking to me. Imagine you're talking to a friend who works outside of the digital and media industry. Essentially, we're a a technology platform that allows buyers to log in and buy advertising spaces across uh, multiple channels, be it display, video, mobile, audio, and native. So essentially, that it's a self-serve platform. Um, You're you're able to log in and access all of this inventory and, and buy advertising. 
Right. And why is that good? How does that help you as a client or an advertiser? Essentially, it allows you to obviously buy across multiple channels and and have a view of that user. And a big part of obviously um, the programmatic space is being addressable and being to overlay audiences. So we have a DMP, so a data management platform that houses a whole host of either your first party data or um, what we call third party data. So external companies that essentially allow us to overlay data and target users based on what audience they fall into. So really powerful. Fantastic. We live in a world of many acronyms. Mm. And one thing I'm really keen to, to try and do is to help help our industry better um, understand some of those acronyms. In some cases, if we can stop using some of them, but some of them are important. And DMP is one that's out there. How do you define data management platform? You know, you're working with them constantly. What do they really mean? What do they actually do? I would define it very top line as, I guess, an area or, or, or an area where you can house all sorts of different data to allow you to target users on the internet. The whole premises of programmatic is addressable advertising and being able to, I guess, use data to find that right user. So DMPs obviously um, play a huge part in that that. I guess, relationship with a DSP. Um, you really can't have one without the other. And a DSP again? A demand side platform. So essentially what the trade desk is. So a buying platform. Definitions are being smashed and explained, which I think <laughs> is, which I think is exactly what we're, uh, what we're here for. The other term, and it's a pertinent one right now with the programmatic summit is that term programmatic. So David, what does it mean to you? To me, quite simply, it's just using software and automating advertising buying. That's that's all it is. I think um, we overcomplicate things in this space probably more than we need to. Just like when I used to, before I guess programmatic was even around and you had a media team and an advertiser team and you found spots to buy, exactly the same thing. Essentially, it's just improved and we've got software platforms that allow users to do this a lot more efficiently. Right. In a previous podcast, I think it was Tim Whitfield from Group M, his his metaphor was um, like a stock exchange. Do you mm-hmm. see it as similar to that? Does that work for you or is there another view on how uh, programmatic works in, in from that trading level. Yeah, definitely. And that's what like our, our founders, um, Jeff Green and Dave Pickles, their vision, like that, that was always where I guess advertising is going. And we firmly believe all advertising will be traded programmatically. So it's such early days. It's such a small portion. Um, our founder, Jeff Green's famous for saying we're 2% done. There's $640 billion in advertising. And, you know, we're, we're, we trade about 2% of that programmatically. Everything eventually, um, our vision, and we really do believe that will be traded, um, electronically or programmatically. But unlike that, are we able to bring certainly, I'm not sure about more, but different types of data to make that one more meaningful for advertisers, but equally more meaningful for consumers. So they're getting, you know, that, that nirvana of right message, right person, right time. I mean, where do you think we are on that journey and what's still left to be done? Because there's there's still progress to be made there, I guess. Yeah, there's, there's a huge amount to be done. And I think like that is, you know, the huge value proposition of programmatic. You'll hear um, Jeff Green uh, from our company always talk about like brands are spending billions of dollars um, to, to make people hate them. 
almost at the moment. A little dramatic, but what he means by that is they're not leveraging the power of, I guess, software and audience targeting to be a lot better about how they advertise to people. Um, and, and part of that is one singular platform that houses all different channels. So you can be really smart about how you advertise to people. Part of that is being smart about using data, being smart about what you advertise to people, knowing about them, uh, frequency capping across maybe their video buy and their audio buy, things like that, where it's not bought in silos, where I'm signing an IO here and I might be peppering them with, I don't know, a Spotify video outside here. And then they go and put their headphones in with their audio. And then I'm getting them more times with an audio ad. We want to be really smart about how we do that. And I think that is the end state for, for programmatic. It's interesting. And it feels like a bit of a common theme, which is reminding the industry that, frankly, there's still a learning curve. There's still... Mm. Um, products that are constantly evolving and technologies that, that need to get better. But essentially what I'm hearing you talk about and playing back the words of your founders is that we're still not getting that right. There are still consumers that are having experiences that aren't very good mm -hmm. or even worse that, that can, can suck. But the technology and the data is there to make sure they do get the, the right message in the right context at the right frequency. And that's why when we talk about it, it's just such early days. And I think like as, as an industry, we all need to, I guess, work together and learn from each other um, rather than, you know, acronyms and be, trying to overcomplicate things. I think that there's so much work to be done by all of us. And in the end, it's really exciting though, because in the end, we have a chance to change the way a whole industry um, works, which is a um, pretty amazing time to be part of it. That's fantastic. And it, and it absolutely fits with what, we're trying to do as, as the IOB. I'm wondering though, David, are there examples that you can share directly or indirectly of what good looks like? Perhaps there are clients or agencies that you've worked with where, yeah, you can bring that to life. Cause I think it's, it's useful to try and share, um, what best practice is currently. What does it look like to you? Yeah. And I think what I, what I, I would say just we're quite collaborative or very collaborative at the trade desk working with our different offices around the world. And the thing about, um, the Australian market that I've really noticed in the two plus years I've been here in Australia at the trade desk is we really are advanced. Um, in, in how we kind of, I guess, leverage programmatic and how we try things. I think it's a big enough market that you can, uh, I guess, get the spend out and try new things. But equally, we're kind of way down here and you can kind of, it's a good testing ground for, for different advertisers. So yeah, we've, without, you know, sharing, you know, specific advertisers, we've seen sort of, you know, um, huge financial clients really, um, look to leverage programmatic from an attribution standpoint. I think everyone knows, you know, the whole last touch attribution is, um, I don't think anyone thinks that's a good way of doing things. What are the questions that are coming up in, in attribution that you're seeing? Yeah, last click is one of them. And I know certainly as the IAB, we're setting up an ad effectiveness council because, yeah, if I got a dollar for every time I heard attribution, I'd probably be sipping mojitos on a beach somewhere. Um, but what are the things, what are the questions you're being asked around attribution? I guess a lot of it is around like, how do I value those other, I guess, more middle to upper funnel channels? Like how, how do I track that user? 
and and I guess put a value on the impact of that you know activity and you know part of what we do um, being uh, an omni-channel platform so by that being able to run you know um, video audio etc and display all within the one platform is looking at that user journey and not just our oh, retargeting or, or, or you know might might even be search if you're looking at Google Analytics of that's getting all the credit um, but it's 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 ridiculous to think that um, you know my video and audio is not impacting that user who we eventually retargeted and they, they that gets all the credit and I think we get a lot of questions from our agency partners is like hey the trade desk how can you help us better explain to our clients um, the value of this video advertising in conjunction with my display rather than just look in in silo and say, oh, all the value went to retargeting. And then you have fair enough, a client saying, well, why aren't we putting pretty much all of it there and not running that audio or that video? So um, part of that is just sort of helping our clients with, through our reporting understand how many of those users. Fantastic. You mentioned, and perhaps to wrap up with um, in the context of programmatic you touched on audio programmatic which i personally think is just about to um start getting more and more exciting what's your take 2017 audio programmatic it's it's incredibly exciting how quickly i guess our agency partners have picked up the ball and run with it i wasn't sure like we heard a lot about us launching audio and and partnerships with spotify and others but q4 last year the acceleration we saw in adoption and how quickly people initially just started running i guess audio in silo and just sort of running it like they would when they booked an io with maybe a spotify to starting to use the power i guess of what we just chatted about with programmatic and and i guess overlaying data and, and decisioning to really um accelerate and I guess add more sophistication to the, to their buying but not overcomplicate it just use the power of programmatic so this year we expect really big big numbers and, and and a lot of traction in the programmatic audio space so it's um it's a really exciting um, time and I think you know Australia well I know for a fact the Australian market at our business is actually leading the way in terms of you know uh, adoption of programmatic audio so as we get into this year I expect it to to ramp up uh, massively which would be um awesome. Fantastic. David, thank you so much for joining us uh, today. Um, interesting to hear that you can go from basketball into the higher echelons of uh, ad tech. <laughs> yeah. Good to talk to you about um, the trade desk and, and what you do. And uh, also touch on attribution, which is a topic that's very close to the IAB's heart. Thank you so much for joining us. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me. The IAB's Simplify and Inspire podcast. For more information, visit iabaustralia.com.au.